Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. And with Derek and myself is John Van Berger. Hey there. How's it going, John? Going well. How are you doing? <laughs> Just awesome. Derek, how are you? <laughs> Fantastic. John was paused there. We, I think he was expecting us to say his name. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we did say his name, but he didn't even say, he's like, is he going to answer? Wow. <laughs> I, I was been... I was think I was thinking about how I'm doing because I didn't want to just say you know oh I'm fine I you know I am mildly adequate thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah you didn't know what he was gonna say there man like he's been doing this long enough wow. I know I know eh? oh, some people eh? well it was probably what episode eighty by the time I settled it on here hello yellow <laughs> yeah oh yeah oh yeah I'm just gonna pepper the you know all of tonight with pregnant pauses so. <laughs> All right. Everybody wondering, hey, did, did my radio go up? <laughs> that's right. Turn it up and then, you know, then I yell. And then you yell, <laughs> you scream. Oh, that's going to yeah. be awesome. So, Derek, <laughs> you've got a public service announcement? I do. To I start a, the day off? I have a public service announcement. So, the, uh, the government is urging people to stay out of the woods due to Yeti mating season. So, there's it's a precaution. So if you want to learn more about this, go to uh, thebeaverton.com, and they're warning people about Yeti season. It's yeah. it's mating season. You got to be careful of these suckers, oh, right? Oh, I tell you, I tell you, there's a big thing on right now with uh, Sasquatch and aliens doing the um, leave no trace camping. Who are they? If they can leave no trace, we can too. We can too. <laughs> Absolutely, I like it. That's our public service <laughs> announcements, people. John, uh, I know there's uh, something that we, we that's happened this week. Uh, Rush. Rush, yeah. Neil Pert. Neil Pert, yeah. It's a shame, yeah, that's man. too bad. Grew up that's listening to Rush. Actually, Mackenzie and I went and saw Rush. I guess we were in Toronto two years ago now. Yeah, that's a shame, man. That's a shame. Standard yeah. of standard of drumming right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I saw him in uh, 1980 in... Uh, Madison, Wisconsin, at uh, Dane County Coliseum, and uh, they were incredible. Mm-hmm. It was a yeah, it's one of my probably top ten shows I think I've ever seen. When I was in, ooh, must have been grade nine, grade ten. I had a buddy that was right into Russian. He played drums as well, and uh, he would try to do everything that that Rush played on drums. That Neil <laughs> Pert, like, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then I moved, so I don't know if he ever accomplished <laughs> anything, but, but yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, so I'm yeah, sorry to hear that and yeah. yeah. Uh, what else is going, oh, uh, yeah, you gave me your little list here of things you want to talk about. You mentioned your finger and you were going to make fun of my finger injury. Nearly your, cut your my whole injury? finger off. Your supposed yeah, injury. Look at that. Yeah, he's got wow. a boo boo. Look at that little boo boo right there. I, I, I've got a boo boo too. Look. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. stabbed my oh, fingertip yeah. when I was yeah. putting dishes in the dishwasher yesterday. Just, just so I'm clear, you guys are playing show me in the studio back we there. Are. Right? We <laughs> are. We are. We are. Check this I out. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a bit of an accident. Um, it was a game of Jenga sort of thing going on. Or not Jenga. Uh, you got injured playing Jenga? Sort of thing. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I got injured <laughs> playing Jenga. So I'm putting stuff into the freezer at the top of our fridge, but the door slowly closes. So every so often you just give a little nudge with your elbow oh, to yeah. open the door again, right? 
so you can keep doing what you're doing in the freezer. You give you a little nudge. Well, I guess I nudged it too hard. And the door flies open. It hits the blender. Well, the blend, the top of the blender that you put the stuff in wasn't latched on to the base. So it fell over and it hit our hand mixer, which fell over and hit <laughs> a bottle of wine, which fell over and off the counter onto our nice tile floor. And it shattered. Mm. So as I'm cleaning it all up, all bit ticked off. Because, um, of course, you know, that's the moment the cat decides, oh, that was right beside my bowl and I'm hungry now. So you're <laughs> trying to, you know, keep the cat out of the broken glass and all that. And I put my hand down and got this mess of piece, a sliver straight in my finger. And that's all it was, just a little, little sliver. Pull it out. You'd swear I'd hit an artery at the yeah. end of my pinky. <laughs> like the blood's just coming out. I'm just like, you got to be kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you do the quick, just lick it off sort of thing. Next thing you know, there's blood on the floor. And it's like, did I lose a finger? So, you, so you basically you created a a bloody Rube Goldberg machine or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Is that the guy that does those? But, those? Yeah, Rube Goldberg machine, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, apparently it was a Domino's Rube Goldberg thing. So, um, yeah, so that was my incident. <laughs> you know, oh the, my the God. funny thing is, Sean, when I was in my kitchen yesterday, I was reaching into a drawer to get a little container, and I I kind of slipped, and I uh, hit the edge of the uh, aluminum foil uh, container. and I Oh, the, the serrated knife thing? Yeah, the little serrated knife, and yeah. I cut my thumb, but... I didn't post about it on Facebook. <laughs> well, I didn't post. I didn't post about the bleeding and everything. Like, I didn't care about that. It was just the the Rube Goldberg, the, the Rube Goldberg chain. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, elbow hits the door. Door hits the blender. Blender hits the mixer. Mixer hits the wine. Wine hits the floor. <laughs> Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the body. <laughs> Yeah. So you you got bills for your finger slip. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was up at that event and I I slipped those two fingers open, um, I got the bill for that. It was nine hundred and twenty three dollars and ten cents. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Nine twenty three ten for it ended up being just uh, four stitches in there. Um, you know, I could have bought a really you know, decent recreational kayak for that, right? Well, yeah. I mean, that's insane. And so when I, the, the thing, the other thing that sort of drives me nuts with it is, is, you know, Derek was making jokes before about what's the per stitch price. So I actually oh, figured that yeah, out. I saw that. $230.77 per stitch. It's a little excessive. I could have done it, it cheaper. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, there's, uh, the funny thing is the flu shot that I got at the, when I went in to have it taken out, I said, well, I'm here. I may as well get a flu shot. $178 and 30 cents. And you've got to pay that or you got insurance for that? Yeah. Wow. Insurance won't cover that because it's in the deductible. So right there in those two things with that sort of one incident, right? Mm -hmm. That would have been a wreck boat. And because I was thinking about actually getting a small little wreck boat for some of the, the backwaters around here. Right. And uh, so it would have been that. 
And then, you know, a basically a, either a, I don't need a new PFD, but a nice PFD or, a, a, you know, a decent paddle, too. Wow. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was that was uh, my update on our earlier story. <laughs> that's 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 ridiculous, man. I that's, I think we we don't pay mine because we don't have to pay for it. Right. Right. And anything that our insurance and everything covers or OHIP doesn't or covers yeah. and whatnot, you just waltz out of there. Like, I mean, we had to pick up a prescription for Tracy yesterday and we just handed them our drug card and they right. just hand us the pills. Yeah. There's like yeah. specialty treatments that do cost extra, which are like if it's electives or, or whatever, right? It's like, I don't know, like typical stuff like, you know. If you want to go and have some plastic surgery, you got to pay for that. Oh yourself. yeah, yeah. But if it's uh, if it's medically needed, then uh, it's free. Yeah, new kidney? Sure, we'll get you that. Yeah, you know that sort of thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, wow. So that was yeah, like so eleven hundred bucks that day for uh, you. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, Yikes. And, you know, the sad thing is I'm not even close to running out the deductible. So Ooh. I figure I've got another couple of injuries to hit before the end of the calendar year. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm planning ahead, baby. <laughs> Did I tell you I got a boo-boo on my finger? <laughs> wow. That's that's something, man. I mean, it's, de- it's definitely eye-opening when you start looking at how much everything costs. Yeah. You right. You know? Uh, yeah. But, Wow. It must be a real, like, I imagine for, like, Yukon Journey and stuff, you must you must buy insurance and stuff, coverage for that, right? Yeah, there is a there is a traveler's insurance that you can get, um, and it's based on the cost of your trip. Yeah. And so it ends up being fairly inexpensive, um, you know, because, I mean, it's basically I'm driving up there, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's essentially my gas costs. I'm using my own... Uh, you know, boats and and gear, so there's really no cost there, and uh, there's a flight out, and so that's that's basically all that it you know comes down to. So it's not terribly expensive, hmm. but it's it's worth having. I think. Um, well, if you have to get flown out or something, be... like somebody breaks a leg, you have to. If you like somebody like breaks a leg and you have to get flown yeah. out, that could be super expensive. Right, and that's what that's really what you need it for is that evac. Um, and I think. At least initially, I think with something like the Garmin inReach and some of those programs that they may have had, at least initially, they may have had some kind of insurance. Oh, my spot of, unit was gave you an optional insurance I yeah. could buy. And that right. covered all your search and rescue, all your evac, all your hospital stuff, everything. So at yep. the end of the day, you did not pay a dime. Yeah. I never and, found out if that was true or not. I just paid the insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And something like that, you know, is it's it's you look at it and go, yeah, like you say, it could be really expensive. Now the question is, would you get billed for it? And you know, we we had that conversation before about, are you, you know, have you tried to minimize all of the the possibilities, you know, yeah. as best you can, and you're not a jerk to the <laughs> to the yeah. first responders that yeah, are yeah. coming in to help yeah. you, um, you know, you you probably won't get that bill, but still, it's. You know, it's pretty, uh, can be kind of an intense, uh, well, you, an, an intense shock when you get the bill. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, when you're oh, yeah. talking about, well, we had, we had 
you know, a couple dozen people out looking for you. And then we had right. two helicopters in the air looking for you, you know, like between the air and the ground crew and everything. And then any Hundreds medical supplies, supplies and that, and, you know, actually having to lift you up to the helicopter, fly you to a hospital and all. Yeah, that's, yeah, that gets expensive pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> here's hoping that won't happen yeah. this year. Yeah. 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 Way to go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to be careful. Uh, That's right. Speaking of the Yukon journey, what's happening? Well, we are starting to kind of get into production mode with it now. It's it's kind of like moving everything from the back burner up to the front. Um, we've started a, a photo countdown on Instagram mm-hmm. at John Van Ryder. And then um, on Facebook, on the Yukon Journey, uh, there's a Yukon Journey group. And um, so we're just starting to, you know, it's, it's kind of like we put a timer on the website and it's starting to feel real again. Right. You know, it's, it's, uh, it seems like the, the trip was a long time ago now and uh, getting ready for this one. So we're working on some, some actually some really cool things, some big plans um, that we'll probably announce sometime in this next month once we get a few more things finalized. But it's taking it in a slightly different direction, but very, very cool. And um, I'm, I'm, I, I want to talk about it right now, but you know, I don't want to uh, count those chickens before they're there hatched. You go. You're doing it by motorboat. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He'll be and sitting in a motorboat, and, <laughs> and he's going to act like he's paddling, but it'll actually just be a motorboat. That's yeah. the new direction. And I'm, I'm going to do the river like. Three or four times, just front to back, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> oh, new new direction. Instead of ending at the bearing, he's going to start at the bearing and go against the current. Well, there was, you know, there was a book about a, a guy. He was a, I'm, I'm blanking on the title of the book right now. Derek, I'm sure, has read it. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's in his library. It was by... Uh, it was by a Sports Illustrated writer, and he was talking about canoeing. And it, the guy was from Wisconsin, actually. And he was talking about canoeing down the river and stuff. Well, he had a canoe with a, a, a motor on it. And it's like, you're not canoeing down the no. river. <laughs> you're in a canoe, but you're not canoeing. Two different things. That's right. Yeah. Two different things. Yeah, very. It was a, Despite that, it was a good book. But, um, <laughs> yeah. No, we're we're uh, we got some things going, and and it's uh, it's pretty exciting. So for anybody that's listening, go to uh, Yukon Journey um, on Facebook, and um, we'll have updates in there and things that are going to be happening soon. Cool, and yeah. as they happen, we'll we'll talk about them on here too. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's starting to get exciting. I'm you know thinking about. All of these little things, I'm, I am going to, one of the things that I'm doing, um, I'm going to test, you know, when Verlin uh, Kruger went out and did all those long distance runs and stuff, and he had those, like, you know, amazing kind of one-off boats and such, he had a rudder on those. Right. And I am looking at the possibility of getting one of those rudders, thanks to my friend Gary DeCock of Quiet Adventure Symposium. And I am considering putting that on that 18-foot expedition canoe because there's no way 
I can handle that thing by myself out in the wind and waves, right? Yeah. 18 foot, it's, it's just too much. But especially because I'm such a crap canoeist. Um, and I'm looking at putting that Kruger rudder on that canoe to see what would happen. Oh, huh, that'd be interesting to hear that about. That would be interesting. You know, because... Now Derek's going to get one. Yeah. <laughs> but I figure, you know, I mean, you can take out a 15 and a half, 16 foot canoe by yourself and be okay with that. Mm-hmm. That's about, probably about the max, right? Mm-hmm. Particularly when the winds come up and stuff. But would the rudder give me enough control that I could maintain with that extra two feet? It'd probably be fewer J-strokes and stuff. Fewer corrective strokes. Yeah. Right. So how so, so it would be a foot operated rudder foot like operated yeah see that foot might be operated. a problem in a canoe you don't really sit the same way in a canoe that you would in a kayak yeah I'd right? probably put some kind of brace behind you know like some kind of brace on that seat right you'd have to I think. yeah um, it's, it's starting to sound more trouble than it's worth it just just stick to your corrective strokes your 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 J strokes and so on nah I say give it a whirl and then when you're all ticked <laughs> off with it and you rip it off and throw it overboard then you go with Derek's idea <laughs> but you know if you put a small <laughs> With the rudder, you can put a small outboard on, and then you can just whiz around. Yeah. <laughs> See, and then I'm going to put it pontoons all on. All start of it. somewhere. Sponsons. Yeah. A couple of yeah. So, and then he's going to put wings I, on it and a big old propeller. Next <laughs> <laughs> thing you know, I always thought it'd be neat to, to modify a canoe. Just do the, all the fiberglass work, put in like a like a jet ski engine type thing in it and have it plumbed <laughs> in and like have it built in like a battery operated, uh, you know, just something that's low power and you just kind of chug along like a Caterpillar drive and yeah, that'd be neat. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to have a so, 12 volt battery, solar cell. So portaging would be out. <laughs> no, it'd yeah. be all blocked in. Like it'd be a if you had a gel, like a gel battery, so you could carry it upside down. Would you carry something that heavy upside down? A small gel cell wouldn't wouldn't weigh that much. <laughs> so glad I brought this up. Yeah. So as John <laughs> is are, zipping up and down the Yukon, the <laughs> John John's I... up and down the Yukon with his motorboat. <laughs> Derek's got his his. Uh, sea dew driven canoe <laughs> with wings and a propeller. <laughs> well, I just bought a power pack. It's a new one. It's 27,000 milliamp hour. That's pretty big. It has an output of 110, 120 volts for USA, Canada power. And it's uh, got a little solar cell on the side. It uh, that, that would run a little tiny uh, electric uh, 12 volt or 120 volt. You'd probably have to better be 12 volts. Get yourself a Minkota. <laughs> <laughs> Well, John, we're looking forward to hearing whatever you do. Yeah, I can tell. I, can. I think paddles are really the most, most efficient way, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, you know, I I would love to take this, you know, that that Novacraft uh, prospector out there again. I really want to do that. But if I'm in solo boats, and if I'm soloing this whole thing, and um, the way it's looking, I'm, I'm really thinking that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I just, that 18 foot, I won't be able to, I won't be able to manage that. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why I was thinking, I wonder if the rudder would allow me to use that boat. Because that's what it comes down to. Can I still use that, well, you know, that prospector, that craft prospector? So I've, I've paddled solo and in a pinch what I did is uh, I, I, 
taped my two paddles together and it ended up being a kayak paddle, but you could use a kayak paddle. So if you use a kayak paddle with a canoe, it does give you that more maneuverability. You're not doing as many corrective strokes. You're doing twice as many paddle strokes as the uh, typical solo paddler, right? So instead of the return uh, the stroke and then return stroke, your return stroke is also a paddle stroke, right? So mm-hmm. it, with the it it just works so much more efficiently. It's people kind of make fun of and laugh people in a canoe that are using a kayak paddle. But hey, if uh, on open water or rough water, it's uh, it can be a lifesaver. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you think that that would be enough to take care of that for that extra length, that eighteen foot? Uh, I probably wouldn't take an eighteen foot solo down no. a big okay. river like that. And see, no. that's that's it, the it, what's the weight of the canoe? Seventy-two pounds. Oh no, I'd say. So you're you're putting so much effort into just keeping that boat up to speed. It, it, you'd have to go with a, a smaller solo boat, something forty pounds or less. You know what I mean? Sure. Like it, it's well, that's and that's what I'm looking at, right? I mean, but this was just kind of it. I don't know what I was thinking about this the other day, and uh, it was like, I wonder if that would make up that that extra two feet of length hmm. to have that so i'm i'm he gary is actually sending that out to me yeah um i think what i'm gonna do and and i hate to in one way i hate to do it because it destroys the line of that beautiful boat right that canoe is just gorgeous um but i'm thinking about taking that and if i'm still able to go down to the everglades here soon it's worth giving it a try yeah, I'm going to take it down there, and I'll probably stop at the Crystal River on the way down and um, go out there and, and see if I can paddle out and see the manatees. And I'll have a good idea from from the put-in out to where the manatees are, just in that area alone, whether that's going to work or not. Because mm-hmm. there's an area where you can get out into the wind. Yeah. And um, So I'll, you know, I'll have some idea um, if I have to call the Coast Guard. Although always, it didn't work. You can always use the force. <laughs> use the force, Luke. so anyway so yeah that's just kind of a something that came up recently and it's like yeah let's see what happens yeah Yeah. and as things go along uh anything that's happening with the yukon journey make sure you let us know and absolutely talk about it here and we can uh, put it on our facebook page as well cool thank you um let's get on to a few other we got a lot of things to talk about here tonight and the day is going there's going to be another long episode that's okay though (laughs) all John. John just likes to talk. Yeah. Uh, likes to talk and he likes to make noise. Yeah. What are you banging around in the background there, John? All I can hear is thump, 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 bang, thump, 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 bang, thump, 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 bang. Seriously? Yes, we hear something. We're looking at each other puzzled like, what is he doing? I think he's practicing his, his uh, <laughs> got, a, got an interview as the new Rush drummer. <laughs> <laughs> no, sounds, I'm, I It sounds like one of those that. old diner tables with a wonky leg so the thing just kind of wobbles and you know, it kind of wobbles around, wonk, 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 wonk. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I literally can't hear anything here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Weird. <laughs> Weird. Well, I noticed that We're... the sound stopped now that you're conscious of it. <laughs> 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 it's just him banging his head off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been talking lately, uh, the Boundary Waters, Wilderness Canoe Area. The mining, it's been a bit of a touchy subject for the last, oh, 
many years. It's like a roller coaster story over the last it couple is. years. It's well, things change constantly. Well, we talked about it there because uh, Trump forgot or never checked things properly. Oh yes, yes, they accidentally. Of, so, yeah, oops. <laughs> anyway, that was with the twin metals. There's the Polymet Mining Corporation that's there as well. So Minnesota Court of Appeals rejected two mining permits for Polymet. And they're just saying, well, nope, you got to do your tests. You got to do all your reports and stuff yep. like that. Uh, three, three judge panel ruled that the State De- Department of Natural Resources needs to gather more information on the potential environmental impacts of the proposed mine and the failed to impose term limit on the mine when it issued the permits in 2018. When did this court of appeals judgment come down? This week. This, this week? week? Yeah, yeah. Just. Because just within the last week, it was the the EPA just said that they were dropping a lot of a lot of uh, requirements for specific types of drilling and mining, there so that they did not require uh, environmental reviews. Well, I think because this is one's been going on for so long, yeah. it's probably. Do you think the government's stepping in, saying, "Okay, fine, they lost the case, so we're just going to get rid of the requirement for an environmental review"? Maybe. Anyways, that came out within yeah. the last week. So, well, this will likely result in major delays and finance, uh, financing issues for Polymet uh, at the mine near Lake Superior. So in 2018, Trump, as we were, we've talked previously, canceled the moratorium on mining, which Obama administration said, no, you guys got to check all this environmental yeah. impact assessments and all that. And this, this new Minnesota Court of Appeals re- rejection does not include the twin metals permits, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So that's just the the polymet one, which is a bit farther away from Boundary Waters, not by thousands of kilometers or anything. But you know, uh, the result of the ruling is the Department of Natural Resources will have to conduct a contested case hearing, which the agency previously declined to do. And that hearing will involve expert testimony, cross-examination, and a recommendation by a judge to the Department of National, uh, uh, Natural Resources on whether to issue the permits. Now, I, from what I understand from reading everything, when you issue a permit, you have to say the permit's only good for so long. Polymet, right. I do believe, said they were going to mine for 20 years, but nothing was actually indicated on the permit. Oh... So then somebody missed it? I'm thinking. So I was going through a couple of other emails and a couple things came to light. A leaked email revealed that a Minnesota regulator asked EPA staff not to file their written criticisms of the draft water permit. Now this, this came out back in October. Uh, during the public comment period, which had the effect of keeping the EPA's serious concerns out of the public record. Huh. EPA staff read their comments on the permit to Minnesota staff over the telephone. A leaked EPA memo shows how a career EPA staffer documented the agency's many concerns about Polymet's water permit and showed that many concerns were not resolved before the state approved the permit. Hmm. Democratic uh, lawmakers, state lawmakers called 
on to suspend polymets permits, saying the state needs to needs assurances that the permits were not rigged. Hmm. Imagine that. <laughs> now, one last thing that that came through in all my little research: Twin Metals is owned by Antofagasta, a major mining company in Chile. For some reason I keep thinking it's Argentina, but it's Chile, mm-hmm. and it's controlled by the the Luxic family one of Chile's wealthiest families. Their ties to the Trump administration have drawn scrutiny because a real estate company in Washington, D.C. owned by this family is the landlord for Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner. Hmm. Imagine that. So amongst all this good news, we're sitting there thinking, well, we'll have to wait to see what happens. And John... Mentions, well, wait a minute. While we were talking about this earlier. This is late breaking today. This is late breaking. You want to talk about this one, John? Yeah. The Minnesota Congresswoman, uh, Betty McCollum, Mm -hmm. introduced uh, legislation in the U.S. House of Representatives. It's bipartisan legislation um, that would permanently ban copper, nickel, and precious metals uh, from being mined across the Superior National Forest, or at least a, a huge chunk of it, um, in northeastern Minnesota. So that, whereas what you were talking about primarily affects polymet mining, mm-hmm. this this would affect twin metals. Right. So um, now this has just been introduced, right? Um, I think there were four Democrats and two Republicans involved with it, so it is bipartisan, which is interesting, and um, it's this is and this is for the specific type of mining that they want to do there, right? So this is for the precious metals, and um, it doesn't affect like uh, for taconite um, and the iron ore mining right. um, that that's that's out there. So this is something very different. Uh, you know, it's got to go to the Senate. It's got to go to the president. Um, but it is interesting that, that they did this and, and this just came out. This is, you know, fresh news. Like hours old from when we're recording tonight. Yeah. So, so it's going to be really interesting. I'm thinking there's going to be a massive fight going on. This is going to come down to something nasty, you know, especially when, when you're getting, getting, uh, Republicans from Florida and Michigan and they're supporting this Democrat bill. You know, so you know there's stuff going on. There, there's other things going on in the background. So it's it's going to keep an eye on. But for for this, we just want to see the boundary waters protected. Yes. And stop right. the mining. And that's and the bottom line. Right? Get, exactly. So yeah. so that was and good news be, tonight, today. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see. We'll, we'll keep our eyes on that. Like I said, we try not to get too political with it, but this has become quite the political thing now. So. Yeah. Yeah. And. You know, and right now too, with the election cycle in progress down here, yep, um, it's going to become. You know, it, it probably will become a symbolic fight as well during the election season. So yeah, so we'll see what happens with it. Well, I mean, this is just you know the boundary waters. Look at everything else that's out there across the United States that was like Bears Ears, for instance, and yeah, right. and all that. I think all that's going to come right out in the forefront come the election. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I think the thing that's interesting is, is with this particular case, because this is such a unique and special area, um, 
there was a, a an article that pointed back to what um, former Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke had said. He said, you know, there's there are places where it is appropriate to mine and places where it is not. Yep. You know, and it's it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I I like uh, having my cell phone and and all my electronics that use these metals. I just don't think it should be pulled out of there, right? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how far do we need to take technology before we kill everything that's around us, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, what else we got here? Uh, kayaking oh, news. Kayaking news. So I Googled kayaking news to see what was happening in the world of kayaking this week. The first four things I saw. Was it a full moon recently? Yeah, there was. Yeah. yeah. yeah there was a wolf moon. There, wolf well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Item number one. Two men were pulled from the Thames River in London, Ontario. Says the men were kayaking, lucky to be alive. They'd been in the water for 40 minutes. Both had severe hypothermia and they were incoherent when they were rescued. One was standing waist deep in the water. The other was clinging to the kayak with his face visible above the water. He was moments away from going under. Emergency call came shortly after firefighters and police had water rescue training in the area. About 20 minutes later, both men were on shore. And the uh, fire chief says the training certainly helped with the quick response as the boat, one of the boats was still near the water. To which Derek was wondering, well, if you're standing in it, why couldn't you just <laughs> like walk out? Yeah. I got to think he was helping his buddy. He must have been helping his yeah, buddy. Yeah. Right. And, and then, you know, what they said too, when severe hypothermia, yeah, I, you're not thinking. You no, lose reason. Not, yeah, yeah, conscious thought. Clearly. So this is the first couple weeks of January here in Ontario. Yeah. Now I'm thinking if they've been in the water that long, mm. water's pretty cold here. We we don't we're not frozen up or anything. No, you no. have to get north of the. But snow I'm wondering line. if they're wearing proper. Oh, I don't think they dry suits in that. I don't. Yeah, no, yeah. not with hypothermia. They I don't yeah. think they had dry suits on. Item number two. Three people have died while kayaking off northern France coast. A fourth person, age 15, was rescued, suffering from hypothermia and taken to hospital. Bodies of a man and woman in their 50s found on a beach, while the body of another man was recovered later. Eight kayakers, members of a local club, set out together, but they split up into two groups before returning to base, others continuing aiming for location down the coast. And at 5.45 p.m., two helicopters and rescue boats were involved. So that was item number two. Hmm. Item number three. Group kayaking near JFK Causeway in Corpus Christi, Texas, were rescued. Emergency Services Department was called out to the JFK Causeway in refer uh, reference to a report of four kayakers missing. Because of high winds, the group's kayaks overturned and a passerby called rescuers. There were no reports of any injuries to three of the kayakers, but the fourth person was taken to an area hospital for minor injuries and hypothermia. Item number four. A man died while kayaking the St. Joseph River in Niles, Michigan. Crews responded to a report at 8.30 a.m. saying four kayakers were in need of rescuing. Three people were able to safely be rescued from the water while the fourth was missing. They were kayaking above a dam. After hours of searching, a drone team spotted an anomaly near the dam and they found the missing kayaker. Those were the first four articles that popped up <laughs> when I googled kayaking wow. news and this is only the second week of January yes <laughs> I, 
What do you say to that? Oh, it's a full moon, man. It has to it's be the full moon. moon. Why are you, you, you figure if all these people are suffering from hypothermia, yeah. well, none of them have to be wearing proper gear. Oh, no, exactly. Like, they, I, I guess it's possible to still suffer hypothermia in a dry suit, but you're talking like a long time in the water. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm guessing a lot of these people weren't wearing the proper gear. They weren't prepared for the trips. They weren't preparing, wearing their proper gear. It's just, uh, I don't know, this time of year, I, I think safety and, and, you know, with your self-protection in this kind of, these cold conditions would be paramount. Being from Canada, John would have more insight into this when i think texas i don't think hypothermia oh mm. the only they get snow in texas do they really oh yeah maybe just be a bit dumb here but like you're talking the higher never... altitudes right yeah yeah i guess yeah. but yeah, i mean we I mean, mostly you think of the oil rigs across the plains and stuff like yeah that, right yeah but, right. Huh. the nice hot texas weather <laughs> where you get hypothermia yeah. Well, you know, and, and, but see, you know, Corpus Christi's on the coast too, right? So basically they're, o- they're ocean paddling. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So it'll um, be, they could be cold, but you're not likely to have snow, but it could be cold. Right. Yeah. So, it, I mean, the water, the water temperature, you know, the ocean water temperature down there. Yeah. At this time of year is cold. So, and again, like you said, I, and I don't know, cause I didn't see the article and you know, the, the problem with a lot of these articles too, is that they, they're not written by, you know, uh, kayakers or canoeists so they don't a lot of times know you know were they wearing dry suits were they you know just different things like that right and, yeah and they so don't include these, it yeah you get incomplete reports on it and um you know so you know you read these and and it's it's frustrating because you, you tend to think yeah they probably were not well prepared um, and then it's, you know, particularly like the one in Niles, Michigan, right? Where the, the gentleman died over on the St. Joseph river. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's a tragedy. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, like, like I said, I just, uh, Googling some stuff, which, what's the latest in kayaking news. And that was the first four things that I saw. Yeah. I hope the rest of the year isn't like that. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, onto something a bit better here. What do we got here? <clears throat> so Kevin Callan. Kevin Callan loves his single mop scotch, his whiskey, as we all know. Yeah. A couple of years back, he jumped at the chance to paddle on Scotland's Bay River, and he made pit stops at a couple different distilleries and stuff along the way, right? But not everybody is into scotch or whiskey. Not everybody can jump a, a plane to Scotland. There are, however, a lot of people that like wine and wine tours. <laughs> John likes wine. John's a, John, John's a wine tour guy. <laughs> the teetotaler. He's a teetotaler wine drinker. <laughs> An Arizona wine tasting experience. Anybody wants to head down to Arizona? Allows you to travel down the scenic Verde River in a kayak before ending your evening at a beautiful local winery. It's called the Water to Wine Kayak Trip, and it's available between March and November. Prices start at 104 bucks Per person. Per person. You begin your adventure on the banks of the, is it Verde River? Verde River. Yeah, Verde. 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 Yeah. yeah. By heading out on a one and a half hour long cruise on the water, after a scenic excursion, you'll find yourself approaching giant 
oak wood trees surrounding a gravel path leading to Alcantara Vineyards. And you get a $20 credit, which uh, which is included in your price. You can use it for wine, food, gifts, that sort of stuff. If you've never kayaked before, the trip is perfect for all skill levels, and there will be tour guides every step of the way. You get an inflatable kayak, paddles, life jackets, a, your landing and facility fees are paid, a $20 winery credit per person, and you get guides to take you along. Maximum of 14 people. This trip is perfect for bachelorette outings, birthdays, or BFF getaways. Derek, what's a BFF? <laughs> Best friend forever. Yeah, Nicole Paris. <laughs> Nicole Paris, which is which is the silver crack all over again. <laughs> Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, important to note that you will park at the vineyard and then be shuttled to the launch point. So you're not paddling drunk or anything like that and yes because i can't imagine a bachelorette party paddling down the river would think of drinking not at all (laughs) uh you might get a little bit of history from your guides along the paddle route and everything like that so yeah you drive you park there they shuttle you up you jump in your kayaks you paddle all the way down and then you do all your drinking and then drive home? I guess. Uh, <laughs> right? Is this that while well, you're not paddling drunk? <laughs> I, this, this is where I'm not even going to touch that part. Yeah. Uh, whether you're a wine connoisseur or not, you will have the time your life surrounded by good company, good drinks, and even a better weather. Price from 104 bucks per person. It's called the Water to Wine Kayak Trip. March to November, Cottonwood, Arizona. It is a pretty cool idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, one and a half hours paddling, though? So, now, I guess the, the front part of it, these talk about uh, bachelorette parties and stuff like that. So, I am I suppose, like, if you, uh, you're an outdoorsy type person, adventurous, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada, you know, the first little bit, you're you're paddling a, cor- a river course and stuff like that, then you do the wine tour. So, I, I guess that would work mm-hmm. in a way. I mean, you'd think you'd make a bit more of a day of it. Well, I guess, how long does a wine tour take? Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm sure you're getting like four to six hours out of this thing. Yeah. You you have to be getting four (laughs) to six hours. Like I say, one and a half hours of paddling, and then you get a tour of the vineyard and the winery. And then you have to sober up before you drive home. Then you got to, yeah, you got (laughs) to eat and drink and drink and eat and eat and drink. And there's probably a bus. Oh, yeah. That would be wise. That would be wise, yeah. That would be wise, yeah. So if you're heading to Arizona and you are into wine and kayaking, there's something that might be right up your alley. That one (laughs) popped out at me today. That makes me me think I should do that here. Ooh, the Wisconsin paddle and... Are there I wineries nearby? Out on the, well, there are, but it's Wisconsin wine, and you don't want to give that to anybody. Um, oh, but it's, it's but like think about this for a minute. Beer and cheese thing. Yes, right? We could start oh. in beautiful Pittsville, Wisconsin, in the center of the state, paddle down the gorgeous Yellow River, get down to Lake Dexter, whereupon we could open my trunk, and they would have lots of beers that they could sample. <laughs> and cheese. And cheese. Meats and cheese. I think there's something to this. Oh, I think you need a food truck at the end. <laughs> Get yourself a nice food truck. 
and everybody paddles and they all end up at John's food truck. Oh, yeah. this there's something to there's this. There's a buddy. second career in this. There is. I think you need to change <laughs> some of the names of the rivers and lakes and yeah. stuff, though, to make it more, right? Yeah, you know, exotic sounding. You mean Pittsville doesn't sound exotic? Neither does the Yellow River, my friend. <laughs> it's, it's probably more accurate after the group tour though yes absolutely yeah yeah stand up in your in your canoe and just over the side you go <laughs> yeah there's potential buddy there's potential mm. always thinking always thinking canceling that yukon journey i got something to work there on you, now. Got, you got something else going on go. now there you go <laughs> Get down, get my get my car. We can open it in the trunk and just have you know ice in there and some Schlitz or Pabst or something. There you go. That'd be awesome. Huh? We call that Tuesday at my house. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. It sounds fun. It does sound fun. Then yeah. it's big big old picnic lunch yeah, set just, up at the end, and and rolling the use of uh, you know high powered rifles and. <laughs> target practicing on the shoreline and yeah you make a whole day of it yeah start your day paddling then you reach the food truck have a nice little picnic lunch yeah then you can take some time do some target shooting that'd be awesome john it's a texas holiday yeah you're in the middle of wisconsin <laughs> It sounds great. I think you're right on. I think I'm sure we can come up with a couple of little extra activities well, if we really put our brains to it. Reminds me of that uh, the the water, cattle water trough. Uh, water oh, rip, the uh, river runs. Not tubbing. Tubbing. I think it's called tubbing. So it's, it's those. Uh, you ever seen those giant water drums for watering cattle, uh, John? The big, uh, the like big twelve uh, foot or fourteen foot around. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. metal ones. They build benches in those things, and uh, people float down rivers in them. It's like uh, you have a float day on the river. Wow, I've not right? seen that. We talked about that. <laughs> oh, that's like two years ago now. We talked. Yeah, yeah. Why am I drawing a blank on what it's called? It's not tubbing. Oh, I'll but come, we I'll find we we had talked about um, that would be really good with the. <laughs> Little, because you go, you're going down this river, and there's hills on the side of the shore, right? The shoreline, mm -hmm. and then it goes up into hills. And if you built targets on those hills, because <laughs> oh people right? actually drink in these things, right? Yeah. And oh. uh, so you're you're floating down the river in these big troughs, and these big metal round food trough yeah. things. And mm -hmm. then yeah, you have a couple of beers. Oh look, there's some targets and everything. Boom, 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 boom. I can't see where this could go wrong at all. Uh, no, see, this right? is what I'm saying. It's perfect. <laughs> we have so many great ideas, man. God. <laughs> you know, we should just start a, we should drop the podcast and start a company and produce tours. Yeah. <laughs> just all over the place. Yeah. We'll hook up with different people. Yeah. So you got the Wisconsin cheese and beer yeah. picnic yeah. tour. Yeah. And then we got the, the, the Texas floaty drinky the trough runs trough run yeah. trough trough rifle run yeah and then Ooh. the the japanese uh oh the japanese river run yeah Still japanese wanted, river yeah. run so it's like basically a, a, a linked snake like floaty wooden raft thing that it's like a it's a looks like a dragon it's a log made train. of log yeah yeah yeah. Huh. yeah that was one of our early shows we talked about that yeah. man <laughs> the things that we could do yeah. That'd be awesome. 
think they call it tanking or something. Tanking. 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 That's it. Tanking. <laughs> Livestock tanks. Yeah. Troughing, tanking, tubing. I don't Yeah. It's been a while, buddy. It's been a while. <laughs> 205 episodes. Can't keep it all up here, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That's, there's some really cool stuff there to do. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so like I say, if you're going to Arizona, check out the wine yeah. tour yeah. in Cottonwood, and uh, you'll probably uh, be totally interested in that one. Yeah. Um, how far are you away from uh, Oregon there, uh, John? Long way. Really? About four days drive. Four days? Yeah. Three days. Two days? To- <laughs> what? Where? What? Two days Oregon. a bottle of Gatorade. Oregon. Oregon, as in the West Coast? Yeah. yeah. That's a long ways away. Is that yeah. really that long? That's like Take driving that from long. Winnipeg to uh, uh, Vancouver Island. It's, it's two days. Oregon, it's like, you, well, sure, if you drive straight through. No, if I drove straight and through, you know, it'd be a day and a half. It would be. <laughs> well, it's. Well, I got to stop to pee, so it's a day and a half. It, it, we, the, we did the math. It was like 40 hours to drive to uh, Black Rock Desert. From here, from right? here, yeah. So he's like twelve hours pl- in Black Rock Desert. Yeah. So he's got it's 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 at least forty to forty five hours. Okay, two days, <laughs> not four days. <laughs> but you're not going to drive more than six or eight hours a day. You want to enjoy? Don't know me too well, do you? <laughs> We've been doing this for four years now. <laughs> Well, when we went to, we went up to Woodland Caribou. We drove straight. It was twenty four hours straight. You just switch off drivers. It's it's about two thousand miles, so it's uh, twenty just hours at here. It's about thirty hours. So, but see, I I do six hundred. Oh, you're doing miles, not kilometers. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'll do about six hundred miles a day generally anymore. Now that I'm an old guy, um, <sighs> six hundred miles a day is comfortable. I don't know. Don't like to do much more than that now. Yeah, it's 3,211 kilometers, one day, six hours, 24, uh, 30 hours, 30-hour drive. One day, six hours. (laughs) See? A day and a half. If you're driving 24 hours a day. And why wouldn't you? (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I need new tripping driving partners (laughs) because apparently these two wussies. (laughs) I did. Uh, I bet you guys back. don't even stand and pee out the window while you're driving. <laughs> you know that's why they invented the sunroof. <laughs> you get out of the car, don't you? You don't go through drive-throughs, do you? You guys just don't know how it's done properly. I'm only getting gas. Don't anybody get out and pee. That's you can right. pee on the road. <laughs> if you're not back in the car by the time I'm filling up with gas and paying for it, you're not getting back in the car. Yeah. <laughs> You should have gone at home two days ago. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> wear a catheter. Like a, this is what I'm like saying. a Griswold trip. Yeah. <laughs> I think he had that nailed, buddy. <laughs> it's a Griswold trip. Anyway, the reason I'm asking about Oregon. <laughs> See, that's was the kind there of a point to right this? There, there, there was a point to this? There was a point to this originally. Uh, if you're into kayaking, stand-up paddle boarding, or any type of paddling, that sort of thing, you're going to have to pay more to do it in Oregon this year. 
You have to pay more for the pleasure? You're going to have to pay more for the pleasure. Most people using non-motorized boats will now need to purchase a waterway access permit, which will cost five bucks for one week, or you can pay 17 bucks for a year or 30 bucks for two years. Additional $2 fees are tacked on for online purchases. The new permit replaces the previous aquatic invasive species permit, which we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. uh, they charge five bucks a year for that. Well, now they're getting rid of that and charging you 17 bucks for the year. And I think when we looked at it, so this is for, for protecting the waterways and stuff like that, but in uh, Vermont, New Hampshire and stuff like that, they are proposing it to, it, it, it'll help a rescue fund as well as yeah, pr protect the riparian waterways yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 And building uh, building docks and such, you know, that's the yeah. other thing that, that this one does. Exactly. Fees for the new permits will help fund an aquatic invasive species prevention program, uh, as well as new waterway access account for non-motorized boating facility grant projects. So, yeah, if you are going to be heading to Oregon, you're going to have to... And if you're going for... Yeah, well, five bucks for a week. So if you're a tourist... And right. you're going out for a week. Yeah. You pay your five bucks and you're good. Otherwise, if you're a, a local resident or you're going there all the time, well, 17 yeah. bucks, right? Yeah. It's 17 bucks for the whole year. It's like, oh, do I, I'm going for three weeks. Do I pay 15 bucks or get a whole year permit for 17? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have anything in uh, Wisconsin, eh, John? Not in Wisconsin, but down in Illinois they do. And, you know, the, the thing about all of these, now if they're going to use the funds for what they're saying, I mean... That's great, right? Um, if five bucks, you know, for somebody to come out, five bucks for a week or whatever, I'm fine with that if I'm on vacation too. Yeah. My thing about it is I want to know about it though. Oh, before you get there, there's yeah. certainly, there's some kind of enforcement penalty on this, right? So, so you have to pay a fine if, I'm sure, if you don't, you know, and they, they pull you over or whatever it might be. The thing is, like with Illinois, there was no indication of whether out of state needed to have these as well. And I contacted, you know, I tried contacting the DNR and everything to find out. I got like zero response. I couldn't get anybody to tell me if you're out of state, does this affect you? So, you know, again, I'm happy to pay something like that. I mean, five bucks. Sure. Yeah. That's, you know, for vacation, that's no problem. And really 17 bucks for a year. I'm okay with that too. Yeah. You know, but, you know, if it, that is if I don't cut my finger or something and don't have any more money. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I just want to, you know, the the problem with all of these, and, and you guys were talking about that a few episodes ago where, you know, you were talking about different fees in different places. Mm -hmm. um, how do you know? How are they, you know, how are they letting people know? Are they letting people know? Yeah. I, and, and unless I happen to come across something, I wouldn't know. Yeah. Right. You'd show up and I don't know. Yeah. You wouldn't know. And that's going to be one of the things I think will probably come down to the discretion of whichever, you know, enforcement officer speaks with you that day, right? Yeah, I think they they'll, they would probably be more lenient towards an out-of-state person. And they'd say, oh, didn't know. What do they say? Better to beg for forgiveness yeah. than... They'll probably be lenient the first few years and then really start probably right. cracking down. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you know, this has been known for a long enough time. So now it's unless, <laughs> unless it's somebody from California going up to Oregon and then, you know, they're going to get hit with the fine no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a little thing going on there. 
<laughs> well, yeah, so effective January 1st, 2020, this is, is started. But officials won't be enforcing the new permit until August 1st. So I guess they're giving people a little bit be of a, a stop and period. warn type thing. Yeah. 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 Get your sticker yeah. or, or, or get out. Hmm. <laughs> um, but happier potential news to get away from that one. St. Louis Zoo. The zoo, Derek. Yes, the zoo. <laughs> uh, officials want to get more ideas on what to put in the North Campus, which the zoo bought back in September 2018. It is like 425 acres that they got. Uh, two anonymous donors funded the $7.1 million purchase, uh, $7.1 million purchase of the property near the confluence of the Missouri and Mississippi rivers in November 2018. And voters approved a sales tax to fund repairs at the zoo and to turn the land into a new experience for people and animals. Which is pretty cool. So the zoo is hosting two community input sessions where people can look at maps, photos, renderings, uh, and give their ideas on what should be done. One of the big things that was mentioned was um, like camping and stuff like that, or glamping as they're calling it. Yeah. Uh, that sort of stuff and kids um, programs and, and camp programs and stuff like that. The zoo the zoo wants to have two things. First, a, a conservation and animal science center to help birds, amphibians, and hoof stock. Anything with <laughs> hooves, right? Yeah. Uh, which need room to roam. And second, experiences for guests that could include kayaking on the lake overnight glamping or upscale camping boardwalk trails and educational programs there's a large lake it's over nine acres in the area and a bunch of small ones uh, uh, small lakes and ponds on this property so it, it looks like it's quite the property that they've they've bought it used to be a golf course part of it was a golf course and it was owned by i think the plumbers and something um union or something but anyway so that belongs to the zoo so I was looking at some of the renderings that, that they're, they're showing on the in the article, and one of them, which is the whole point of this little discussion, was guided kayaking tours on the lakes. So you'd be kayaking along the shoreline of this lake, and of course there's, you know, like fencing and stuff like that on the shore, and there'd be like, be passing giraffes, and you'd be passing zebras, and antelope and maybe some elephants and, and so this is one of the ideas they have yes so it's like you're kayaking over in africa or whatever and seeing all these big animals that'd be cool i think it would only be cool if it ended at a wine tasting party <laughs> <laughs> or something got out and got the other kayaks in front of you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like a <laughs> See, jurassic park event thing. happening it was you cool. The alligators got out. <laughs> <laughs> you want a bit of realism, so you add some hippos to the water. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Huh? That'd be awesome. And people always forget or neglect. They think, oh, alligators and sharks, so bad. But everybody right. forgets about those cute, roly-poly hippos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hungry, hungry hippo, <laughs> baby. kill more people in Africa than any other animal. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, how cool would that be? Be paddling along, and all of a sudden, like, there's this giraffe walking. Yeah. 10 feet from you while you're paddling. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be, that'd be kind yeah. of cool. Or a rhinoceros or like I say, an elephant or something like that. I tell you though, if I get killed by a hippo, I want that on my headstone. 
Derek. Here lies Derek. Derek. Killed Never by read. a hippo. <laughs> Killed by a hippo while transporting books. <laughs> oh. I, the jokes that would come out at your funeral at that man. Oh, Here's my eulogy on Derek. <laughs> He's a great guy, so the hippo said. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so St. Louis Zoo, hopefully they, they, they do come through with stuff like this. And uh, that, yeah, that'd be pretty cool to see if you can get out there and do some kayaking. And they're talking like rentals and all that sort of stuff. And a tour guide. So, you know, the tour guide would be paddling along with you, pointing out the different mm-hmm. yeah, sea stuff. sites yeah. and different animals. A little bit of history and, tour and yeah. a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. So if you're in the St. Yeah. Louis area, check out the zoo and uh, when they're having these meetings and uh, go check them out. And uh, hopefully something like this will will come along. Last thing I got is events. You guys got anything else? I do not. I think we've nope. covered it. Covered everything? Yeah. It was just a mishmash night tonight, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. A whole bunch of little things. Uh, what do we got events-wise here? Do, 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 do. Winter in the Wild Weekend. Family family Day weekend here in Ontario. That's coming up pretty quick. That, February 15th to 17th in Algonquin Park, Mew yeah. Lake. Month away. Uh, winter camping. You're not going, or you are going? I uh, haven't decided. If we, if I'm going to go, it's going to be a last minute decision. See what's available. Probably, to, uh, obviously, it'd be one of the fringe sites with no no electrical or whatever. But I don't need it because I'll have a hot tent. We can just park you out in the lake. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Drill a hole. We we have considered doing it at like coming in and and camping in the airfield. Yep. But we're not fully sure yet. So what we're going to do is at the end of this month we're going to. Gather up the kids, throw everything on sleds, and uh, head off and do some backcountry camping. Probably find some Crown Land, QE2, something. Close by. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. That'd Give be it fun. a whirl. Uh, so, yeah, so that's February 15th to 17th, and then you can come out and check out uh, all the tents and everything up at New yeah. Lake and see what winter camping's all about. Yeah. Paddling so, and hey, red- one thing, yeah. too, could you... Um, this is something I didn't even realize, and I've been up to Canada a lot over the years... Family Day weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a park thing initially. No, no, no. that's the whole province. No, it's it was, they brought it in five or six years five ago. Five or six years ago. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's a relatively cool. new one. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're trying to have a holiday in every, every month, month. Yeah. of the year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And February didn't have one because, you know, mm-hmm. like having like Valentine's Day or something like that is a, uh, left some people out, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Which, realistically, if you don't have but a family. I don't love anybody. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's a relatively new uh, yeah. holiday. Yeah. I thought that was, when I actually saw that on the calendar, I'm like, oh, I thought that was an Algonquin thing. That's that's <laughs> actually really cool. Yeah. Well, as my son was saying uh, something about, I think it was the 22nd of January. He was, oh, I can't do anything on the Jan- January 22nd. And he's like, why not? Well, my calendar says it's Australia Day. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue what it is, <laughs> but it's, it's on my calendar. <laughs> We're celebrating. Yeah, <laughs> probably be a Barbie a or something. I got to celebrate ethnic yeah. holidays. Yep. yep. We should. I think we should make up a bunch of like paddling-related holidays. We'll just make them up. Well, they do have. Um, oh. National Canoe Day here in Canada. Yeah, but it's, you don't get a day off work for it. Says you. <laughs> <laughs> funny how many I feel a cold coming on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the middle of June. 
Oh, here's a good holiday. February 17th, Paddling Adventures Radio's fourth anniversary. Oh, yeah. We've been doing this four Celebrate. years on February 17th, which Celebrate. will all be at Mule Lake for the Family Day weekend. Yes. That is actually Family Day this year. The Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show, February 21st to 23rd at the Toronto International Centre. Adventures in Paddling Stage at 12.45 in the afternoon on Saturday, February 22nd will be yours truly giving a little discussion on is it time to change the definition of adventure. adventure? Redefining adventure. That's right. Uh, the Quiet Adventure Symposium, February 21st, down in Lansing, Michigan. We're going there again. Michigan State University at 3 p.m. in the Betsy River Room will be yours truly once again. And I do believe, John, you're going to be there as well. I'll be there as well. I'll have uh, the Outdoor Kind booth will be there. Right across from the Battle so we'll Adventures be... radio booth, I believe. Yep. And we will, uh, as usual, be taking donations so we can support first responders and do educational outreach. So we're excited about that. And then at 1 o'clock, uh, I'll be presenting lions and great whites and bears. Oh, my. Oh my. Will, will you really have lions and great whites and bears? <laughs> and hippos. That'll be cool. <laughs> Derek can have the hippos. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, that'll be cool seeing you there as well. We've had yeah. a, we have had a good time there the last few years. Tuesday, March 10th, a Paddling Film Festival presented by Paddling Adventures Radio will be held at Drums and Flats in Ajax, Ontario. Tickets are $15 and they are on Eventbrite already if you want to go check them out. Uh, they, we have sold out the last few years, so you'll want to get your tickets beforehand. And Canucopia, March 13th to 15th in Madison, Wisconsin at the Alliant Energy Center. John, you're going to be there as well with your booth with the Outdoor Kind. Yep. And, and uh, I will be doing a presentation on Saturday on Texas Paddling. So we talked about that recently. Yep. Um, going back a little bit here. Couch surfing, but I'll be right? doing a, uh, Yeah. Uh, couch surfing and, and uh, a water safari. So I'll be Through talking woods, about yeah. those things. And then on Sunday, I'll be moderating uh, uh, what I'm calling a real-world safety panel. And we'll have uh, Kevin Callan there and Cliff Jacobson and Nick Gordon, who's uh, he's a young guy from Wisconsin here who's uh, he's, he's a pretty cool guy. He's doing a lot of good stuff, a lot of safety stuff. Yeah, it takes a lot of people out for their first uh, particularly for their first winter camping experiences and paddling. And and so we're going to have a safety panel. And then later in the day, I'll be doing my photography thing, the wildlife photography thing too. So if people are going to either one of those shows, stop by the Outdoor Kind booth and say hi. Excellent. And I think that's all that's happening for now. Oh, mm -hmm. the, what did I forget? Uh, April 4th is the Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I don't know. That's not on my list. It, you have it listed, but not the date. It's right under Canucopia. Oh, is it? Yeah. Did I miss it? Did I just totally miss it? Yeah, you went from Canucopia to Winter in the Wild. <laughs> but there's no date for the Canoe Symposium. Uh, April 4th. And I mean on your list. Oh, on my oh, list. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get paid for this job, so it's not my fault. It's yours. <laughs> Read a book, Derek. <laughs> 
So yes, the Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium, of course, will be there because we sponsor yep. it every year and we'll have mm-hmm. a booth set up so people can come and see us there. Yes, that's springtime, man. It's mm-hmm. going to get busy really fast. Yeah. Are, yeah. Things are coming up for really quick, really, really quick. So, um, and that's all I've got for this week. You got me thinking though, like we were talking about hippos and stuff, and I think I saw a commercial on it one time, uh, you know, so you know how you can you can have a St. Bernard or some giant dog mm-hmm. and then you can have little tiny chihuahuas. Yeah. And so maybe if you could breed hippos to be like eight inches tall, fully oh, the grown. House hippos. House hippos. Yeah. yeah. The house hippo. I would love to have a house hippo. Yeah, it's just like the pot bellied pig. Yeah. So you're exactly. not getting this massive pig, you're getting this little tiny pig that Yeah. Somebody's yeah. Need, we need to work on this. If there's any genetic scientists out there, <laughs> give, drop us a message, would well, you? China's doing some great things with genetics, right? They've, uh, uh-huh. they're, they, Do they have hippos over there. Well, they, they're fooling around with the human DNA over there. They just, I don't want a little person. I want a little hippo. <laughs> they, they just, uh, they pulled some DNA strings out of, uh, these, this tw- twin girls born in October and so the girls theoretically are going to be uh, immune to HIV and will uh, not be able to produce the uh, the bad cholesterol. John, yeah, how does this help us on our hippo issue? Well, because if they could work <laughs> on the hippos, if they can do this to kids, oh, our hippos won't get sick. <laughs> no, you just play with the small gene. <laughs> Pull out the tall gene. Put in the small gene. Right. <laughs> Well, I think we just need somebody to make a miniaturization ray. <laughs> we can get everything smaller. Imagine going camping with a little tiny hippo. It'd be running around the campsite squeaking. Wee, wee. As opposed to a dog? <laughs> yes. There's actually, because um, everybody knows I, we, we lost our dog. So I get these little messages all the yeah, time. Yeah. About, you know, hey, dogs, dogs, dogs. Uh, in Oshawa, um, the Humane Society was trying to adopt two St. Bernard's, four-year-old St. Bernard's, oh but they had my. to be adopted together. Oh my. A brother and a sister. Could you imagine showing up at a canoe trip saying you're bringing your dog <laughs> and you show up with two St. Bernard's? I, I have a, I have a tow behind canoe for the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, okay. just think of the gear they could carry. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, the dogs double carry the canoe. Well, no, you'd carry the canoe, but the dogs could carry the packs, right? If you just slung them over the side sort yeah, of thing, yeah. right? Like you make them into four equal packs. And St. Bernard's, and they're the ones with the wine bottle around the neck, The right? brandy bottle the or brandy, brandy bottle. barrel. Yeah. So when you get to the end and you're parched. Yeah. Dog. You got brandy. two dogs. Yeah. Oh. This is awesome. We're going to have some really nice plans yeah, here. Yeah. We'll just add this to the food truck and the target practice. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, yeah. Wow. We're going places, boys. We're going places. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Don't know where, but we're going. <laughs> oh, um, if you want to find out more about us, you, you can, don't know if you want to, uh, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. If you go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com, there's a little tab that you can click, the episode page, and all 205 episodes will be there. You can download or you can stream them live from there. Check out our YouTube channel. We've got a few things on there. And if you enjoy the podcast, share it with all your friends, pass it around. We're 
looking for more people to join in and listen to us live. You know, a lot of people could take and share that to different groups on Facebook too, different kayaking groups and canoeing groups and all that sort of stuff. Easy, easy thing to share. Yeah. 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 Share it with your grandma. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you never know. Grandmas are getting younger these days. Maybe one day we'll make it to the list of the top 10 uh, paddling podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can't even make it to the top nine. I know. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> What's going on with that? Um, John, thanks for being on this week. Yes. Thank you. It's always nice having you on. Derek, thanks for bringing your Wayne Gretzky beer here. It was a good one. It really was. It was uh, a rye grain lager. Yeah, rye grain lager. It was pretty good. John, what were you drinking tonight? Coffee and rum? Uh, yeah, coffee and uh, black rum. Oh, that's cool. That's not the Kraken stuff, is it? No, this is uh, this was just some Captain Morgan black spice rum, and Ooh. just put in a little coffee. It kind of gives you that little bit of little bit of kick, and then lets you relax. So, was it coffee in your rum or rum in your <laughs> coffee? There is a difference, my friend. <laughs> there is a difference. I'm not telling. All right, stay thirsty, my friends. <laughs> so, I want to thank everybody for listening this week. John, thank you very much. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.